Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Come on, lift up your hands to God. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for your freedom. Thank you because one day He lifted you up from the ashes into life. He set you high on heavenly places. Is there anybody grateful in this house? Come on, let them hear it. Let them hear it. Come on. We love you, God. We express our gratitude through our applauses, through our thanksgiving. We love you with all our hearts, and we thank you for everything you've done in the past up until this day. And we know you're not done with us. We know that we're we're still work in progress, but we know that you're still at work today, and you will continue to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Turn around and say hi to five or six people around you. Come on, get out of your seat. Tell them it's so good to be in the house of God. So good to see you again. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you overcame whatever obstacles you had to overcome tonight to make it to the house of God. The important thing is not how we got here, but that we got here. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to have Melissa back leading worship, right? Welcome back. Come on, give it up for Melissa. Have been a few months. And we're declaring that all is well. Amen. All is well. How many of you guys getting ready for the 4th of July? Any of you guys barbecuing tomorrow? Raise your hand. Just one? Okay, everybody go to her house. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Just a joke. Yeah, that's probably why people didn't raise their hands. You know, probably got some requests after church saying, hey, can I tag along? Anyhow, um, it's, it's good to know that we live in a free country. Even though a lot of our freedom nowadays are under fire. But we got to be grateful for where we live. So many people leaving their countries or hoping to leave their countries to come into this place because America is a great nation. Amen. And it's great because God made it great. So I think that we're in the process and we're working hard to keep it great. Right. That's what we want to do. And we believe that God is with us. We have a lot of work to do, but if people are willing to do the work of God, we're going to reclaim America to Christ. We're going to bring back prayer to schools. We're going to bring back and establish Jesus in the court system. And we're declaring that the United States of America is it's a Christian nation. Amen? By the power of God. Okay, I want to share with you a message that God put in my heart. And it has to do with our personal lives. And it has to do a little bit with what God does with us. From the moment we come to church for the first time or if it was your case, you accepted Christ maybe with somebody in the street or through a radio station or or however it happened. But the first time you open your heart to Jesus and you turned your life over to him, God started a transformation process in your life. If it was a genuine conversion, if there was a true giving of your life to Jesus, then naturally something has to transform and things need to change. How many say amen? And the way God works is that he starts on the inside. 
He starts working inside of us. And what he does on the inside uh, with time manifests on the outside. He starts weeding out stuff that's not convenient for us, things that are not going well for us. He starts improving. He starts replacing every hurt that you ever suffered in your past. Every lie that you were told, God starts removing that lie and he starts blessing you with his truth. Amen. Any wound that was still open from the past, you know, God comes and he seals that. Amen? That's the power of God. It's a power that transforms. Everybody say transforms. This is not about a religion. It's not about I've been taught this in another religion and now I'm coming to this religion and it's just, I'm just going to change the way I think about things. It's a complete transformation. And he just flat out revamps you. And that's why I decided to call tonight's message revamped. Everybody say revamped. And I'll tell you why I decided to call it that. I went into the dictionary and I'm like, man, what's What's the best definition or the best word that I could use to explain what God does? And I love the definition of revamped. It's an act of giving a new and improved form. Come on, somebody. How many of you guys could say God gave me a new and improved form? Jonathan 2.0, right? Completely renewed. And it doesn't end there. It says an act of giving a new and improved form, structure, or appearance to something or someone. And I think that's exactly what God is in the business of doing. He's in the business of improving us. He's in the business of taking us from where we are right now and taking us to where he wants to take us. And sometimes we can't see that where God wants to take us is a better place than where we are right now. And that's why we don't want for God to do something and we don't allow ourselves to be moved by God. But when we understand that God has our best interest in mind, when we understand that what God has for our lives is much better than anything you could ever plan yourself for your life, then you allow yourselves to be moved by God, to be transformed. And that's what we're talking about. Amen? So touch two or three people around you and tell them, get ready. God is not done with you. He's ready to revamp you. He wants to improve. He wants to make you better. He wants to revamp you. So go with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. I'm not going to be long tonight. And this is a very popular verse. Maybe you've read it. If you've been in the church a while. You probably know it by memory. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Very popular verses. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I'm reading out of the NIV. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I'm going to read it again. I'm reading out of NIV because it's a little bit easier to understand. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, he's talking to the church, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So pay attention to what the apostle, this is Apostle Paul writing, and he, he's writing and urging us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice because this is true and proper worship. Well, we read in John that God is still seeking worshipers that will worship him in spirit and what? And truth. You see, God doesn't want phony worshipers. He wants true worshipers. And it's talking about here the true way of worshiping God. How is it that I can truly worship God? True and proper worship is when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. If your worship does not contain sacrifice, it's not true worship. If all you give to God is what's easy, then it's not true worship. When it comes to the point where you have to choose or give of yourself or give time, sacrifice your plans for the sake of God's plan, and, and you end up staying with your plans, that's not sacrificing. That's not 
putting yourself to the side and allowing God to be king over your lives. And the Bible says that true and proper worship is when you offer your body as a sacrifice of praise. Come on. Can anybody say amen to that? He's urging us to do this in view of God's mercy. Now, if God's mercy wouldn't have been so great and so incredible, then fine. We don't have to give such a sacrifice to God. But being that God showed great mercies. The Bible says that his mercies are made new every single day. The Bible says that God's mercy never runs old. He never gets tired of forgiving. He never gets tired of being merciful. Considering that God's mercy is so great, then our surrender to God and our sacrifice to God should be what? Should be great as well. Are you guys here with me? So considering that God's mercy is great, our sacrifice towards God must be great as well. How many say amen? That's what he's saying. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, that you offer your body as a living sacrifice, that it's holy and pleasing to God. God is pleased. Maybe nobody knows how or what hell you had to go through to get here on Sunday night, but you're here. Where there's some people that they probably just had a phone call, and that was it for them to say, I'm not coming. I'm going to the beach. I'm starting my long weekend tonight. And whatever the case may be, but you paid the price. You said, I'm going to offer true and proper worship, and you're here in the house of God. I think that you deserve an applause. Come on, give yourself some credit for that. But Christian life is about that. It's not about everything being easy. There's going to be sacrifices to be made. There's going to be things that you have to put God first, and you have to move yourself to the side and say, God, not my will, but your will. And we see the ultimate example in Jesus time and time and time again. How Jesus did not do what he wanted to do as a person, but he came to do the will of the Father. So because God's mercies are new every morning, then every morning that you get up should be a reason to offer your body as a sacrifice of worship. I've heard people in the street, when I'm talking to them about Christ, they've come up to me and they tell me, well, I worship my own way. But it's not about your way that counts. It's God's way. He said, true and proper worship is when you offer your body as a living sacrifice. So, so tired this Sunday morning because, man, last night I stayed out with my friends. But you know what? My alarm sounded, and as tired as I was, I told my body, you're going to get up from here, and we're going to go worship God because that's true and proper worship. Amen? Can anybody identify with that? Maybe? You get up. Why? Because that's my reasonable service. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about this transformation because the title of this message was Revamp. And God introduces us into this process of constantly being transformed. Now, this is not a transformation that happens one day. The first day you come to church, boom, everything is transformed. It doesn't work that way. It's a process. Everybody say, it's a process. I want you to go with me and read verse number two in Romans 12. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, once you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Only after you're able to be transformed and you allow God to renew your mind is that you will be able to tell that God's will is always good for your life. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we say, God, why do you have me go through these situations? Well, we're going through it. We can't tell right now when we're going through it. But if you're a person of faith, you know that God's end product is always good. And you just 
believe and you just trust God. And once you let God renew your mind, you get to the point where you start thinking like God. You have God's mindset. When you're going through a situation, you already know what God is up to. It'd probably be a test of your character. It's probably a trial that you're going through to get you to the other side of the Jordan. You know, God is always using things that you would never understand or things that you would never see that you would never use probably to teach you or to get you to places where only he can take you. Amen. So he's saying here, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't think like every single person thinks. Think like I think. How many say amen to that? As we grow as Christians, man, I need to think more like God today than I thought yesterday. I need to improve in how I think and how I act. I need to be closer to God as the days pass on. Somebody once said, we are perfectly useless as Christ-exalting Christians if all we do is conform to the world around us. If all we do is imitate what people around us are doing and they're not God-fearing, that we'll never be Christ-exalting Christians. The key to not wasting our lives conforming to this world is allowing God to transform us. Come on, tell somebody next to you. Tell You need to allow God to transform you on a daily basis. It's every single day. The word transformation that's used here in the Bible, it's only used one other time in the entire Gospels. And it's in Matthew 17, 2, when Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration. I'll read it to you really quick. It says, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. JTP Church, it's possible to do all the right things but still not be transformed. It's possible to live a moral life and not be transformed. True transformation begins in the mind. The Bible says, but be transformed by what? So that's the process of transformation. God wants to transform us. That's his desire. He wants to transform every single one of us. And how he goes about it or the process that he employs is renew our minds. So everybody say, it starts with my mind. It starts with the way you think. It starts with every single thought that's up in here. God wants to change it with the word of God. It's not switching from the to-do list of the flesh to the to-do list of the law. I want you to go with me to Galatians 5, 19 verse 22 so you can understand where I'm going with this Galatians 5 19 verse 22 says now the works of the flesh are evident which are and it starts listing a whole huge list adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions heresies envy murders drunkenness revelries and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. I want you to see this because Paul is not saying, okay, here's the list of the flesh. These are the works of the flesh. These are the things that you shouldn't do. He doesn't replace the list of the flesh with the list of the law. Because he could have said that. He could have said, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this. And he started mentioning the whole law. But notice that he didn't go into the to-do of the law, 
But he started talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Once you know God and once you allow God to transform you, there's a fruit that comes from knowing God. How many say amen to that? It's not something that you have to struggle for. You see, the closer you know God and the more you come to know him, all these things, which is the fruit of the Spirit, start being evident. And I'm sure you guys have testimonies of that, that once you started to know God and you started to walk according to him, you started to seek him in your secret place, God started revealing all these things to you and you had more peace. And people came up to you and you told him, man, you were always worried, anxious about your future and anxious about this. And, and you were, but, but now I see a peace about you, the peace of God. How many say amen? Or joy. Maybe you were always, you know, bitter and you were always in a bad mood and you always had that face with an attitude and people didn't even want to get close to you. But now you have this joy that springs out from inside of you. Why? Because that's the fruit of the spirit. So a good way of knowing if you're allowing God to transform you and if God is actually in the process of getting you to where he wants to take you is that these things start being evident in your life. It's not about fulfilling the law. Oh, I have religiously like the Pharisees. It's about having the life of Christ inside of you. That shows that you're truly being transformed. Come on, look at your neighbor. And just by looking at his face, you can tell if the person has the fruit of the Spirit. Come on. Give me a thumbs up if he does or she does. Yeah? Okay, cool. So the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Christian alternative to moral behavior is not a new list of moral behaviors. The triumphant power and transformation of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And that's what God wants to bring to every single one of our lives. So let's get to our mind. What's wrong with our mind? It's hard for people to change their opinion on things and to change their minds. And it's even harder for you to try to change somebody else's mind. How many of you guys have ever gotten into an argument and you know you're wrong, but you're still trying to prove your point and trying to search for a way that you could better the other person? Right? We don't like to be wrong. We want to be right. And you continue to fight and you continue. You know you're wrong inside, but you have this pride about you. And, and that's what sometimes doesn't allow us to grow and allow us to become better. Our pride gets in the way. Paul says that in Christ, our thoughts have become brand new. Come on, somebody say brand new. When you come to Christ, God starts giving you new thoughts. In Christ, we're not trying to defend the self. We are surrendering ourself to him and going through a complete metamorphosis. We don't struggle with God anymore. We just surrender to him. And that's not always so easy. Sometimes we fight with God. We argue with God. And we don't understand that God just wants you to surrender because he knows better. God has your best interest in mind every single day. And he doesn't want you to fight him. When your thinking is changed, then your beliefs are changed. And that causes your actions to change. And in turn, your life is changed. You know, God knows what he's doing, and when you come, and we always say that most of us, when we come to the feet of Christ, we've come messed up. We've come with a lot of problems, a lot of situations that we did not know how to handle, and God just sits down and takes time and puts the pieces back together, right? And he starts sharing his heart, and he starts giving of himself to give you new thoughts, 
Maybe you've been told for a long time that you were never going to live up to nothing. Maybe you never had a father figure in your life that will instruct you in the ways of the Lord or will always encourage you to be a success wherever you go. And God comes and he wants to change all that negative thought pattern that you had in your life. And God wants to be your father now. The Bible says that even if you didn't have a father or mother, he will take you on as one of his, one of his own. And he starts instructing you. The mind is so incredible. In the first five years of your life, you know, you have your conscious mind and you have your subconscious mind. And the first five years, your subconscious mind is just totally open. It's just receiving like a sponge everything that's being thrown its way. My little son, Lucas, three years old, he just turned three. So he's at that age where everything that he's receiving, it's going into his subconscious mind. After five, those first five years are so crucial in what that child is going to believe and what that child is going to do when he grows older. If that child is exposed to poverty and their parents are always fighting about money and there's always scarcity, that person's always going to grow with that subconscious that they were destined to poverty, that that's normal. Same with sickness, same with illness. So what happens when you come to Christ and now Christ comes and he says, I'm your healer. And what happens when you have an X thought in your subconscious and now in your conscience you receive a Y thought, it could be exactly what you needed and it could be something that you really wanted. But if the X thought does not go with the Y thought, you know what? It could be very good and everything, but you're not going to be able to live up to it. I don't know how many of you guys have ever received a word or received something that's so good and said, I'm going to do this and you don't end up doing it. Or like, I'm going to read the Bible every single day. You get, you know, so pumped up after a preaching and you're like, yeah, I need the word of God because it's what sustains me. And you say, I'm going to do this, but then you don't end up doing it. And it's why it's because your subconscious, you know, has been set a certain way. And the only way you can change your subconscious it's by replacing a negative thought with a positive thought. And not just once. Because how that became settled in your subconscious when you were a kid was that night after night, you saw fighting about money. You saw fighting about this. You saw fighting. And it was something that was repetitive. Well, the same way, in order to change your subconscious, you need to repeat it. I started reading the word, and I'm like, no wonder God says you're going to talk to your children. You're going to speak to them the word during the day, during the, the afternoon, at night, when you're out and about, and when you're in the house, when you're eating. You're going to put it in the post of your house. You're going to, why? Because what, what God was trying to establish is his word. Everybody say his word. Because that's what we need. We need to be constantly renewed and how how does that come about it comes by repetitive repetitive go in front of a mirror and every day before you go to work start declaring stuff over your house start declaring stuff over your personal life you know if you don't feel that you're much and you feel like you'll never be able to do great things that God has called you to do start telling yourself that you will do and you know what along the way you're going to start to believe it and you're going to start replacing your subconscious and God's going to start the Holy Spirit is going to start renewing your mind how many say amen? amen you know sometimes we expect god to do everything and the holy spirit is the one who renews our mind and who does the supernatural but we need to be a part of it we need to believe that god has greater things and we can't just settle and say oh this doesn't work this is probably just for other people or for the pastors or no 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 god said that i'm blessed and until i'm not blessed i'm not going to stop believing it that's what works and that's what renewing 
the mind is about. It's about a process that you're involved in. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to be involved in renewing my mind. 1 Peter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. Come on, shout out loud with me. Say, my mind has to be alert and fully sober. You need to know and spiritually sober. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, drinking too much or anything like that. You have to be sober and know what God is doing and what God is talking to you, what God is speaking. Where is God directing you? With minds that are fully alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And then 14 says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Again, I'm reading off the NIV here. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You see, there is an ignorance of God. It's a willful suppression of the truth of God that makes us slaves to many passion and desires that would lose their power if we knew God as we ought to know. Once you come to know God, these desires that want to keep you away from God, these lusts from the flesh, you know, God gives you strength to overcome them. Part of the renewing of your mind, that transformation that we're talking about today, comes from knowing God. I mentioned the example of reading the Bible, but maybe your struggle is praying. Maybe your struggle is giving time to God on a daily basis. And it's because you weren't raised like that. How do you change your subconscious in order to create a habit? You need to just start doing it. And you know what's one of the hardest things to do is to create a habit. Because you're not used to it. And you do it the first time and you're like, ah. Oh. But if you persevere and you create a habit, man, you start tasting that the Lord is good. How many say amen? amen? And once you get to that point, that's it. It's cruise control from there on out. You establish the pattern. You start telling yourself, I can't believe that I spent so long, so many years living my life without this. Living my life the way I thought was the right way. And I never considered God. I never let God into my problems, let God into my decisions, let God into my situations. But because you started coming to JTP Church, and because you started being exposed to the Word of God, which is the only absolute truth in the entire universe, you started to understand that God doesn't want just to transform you physically. He wants to transform your mind. He wants to transform you 100%. And it starts with the renewing of your mind. Get all the old principles out of your mind and start getting God's principles into your mind and watch them bless you and take you higher. How many say amen? That's what God does. Come on, put your hands together as we worship him. So in Ephesians 4.22, Paul calls them deceitful desires. We struggle against these. We struggle against these things that don't want us to have a relationship with Christ, to get to know God. These are life-ruining, worship-destroying desires, and they get their life and their power from the deceit of our mind. But here's the thing. When you renew your mind, it transforms you and sets you free from those deceits. You know, it becomes so much easier to live in holiness when you have a relationship with God. Why? Well, because your mind's being transformed. You start being transformed into the things that held you down, now God gives you strength and victory over them. And I want to close off this last part 
by talking about the renewal of the Holy Spirit. This renewal, this renewal of the mind is not possible unless the Holy Spirit is involved in the process. This is not a work of man. It's not the willpower. You can be as disciplined as you want, but you're never going to allow God to transform you through the renewing of your mind if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be a part of what he's doing. This word renewal is only used in one other place, and it's in Titus 3.5. I want to share it with you. The Bible says, he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. So everybody say, the Spirit renews the mind. Come on, shout out loud. It's his work. It's not my work. If, if, I don't, if I don't take time and say, God, help me, transform me, change me, I want to be more like you. You know, sometimes we don't even know that we need to be transformed. Sometimes we think that we got it all together. We're like, I'm coming to church on Sundays. You know, I haven't sinned for the last 24 hours. I feel good about myself. <laughs> and we think we got everything under control, and we don't understand that God's plans for your life are so much higher than anything you could ever dream about. And the only way to connect with God is by allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our minds on a daily basis and to take us further and to take us higher. How does this happen? Well, the Holy Spirit must work in two directions. He works from the inside out and he works from the outside in. He leads us to hear the gospel. Many of you guys have experienced that, right? You heard the gospel. He leads us to read the Bible, to study books, Christian books, right? Other men's great writings, meditate on Christ's perfection. And that's exactly what our enemy doesn't want us to do. Satan, our adversary, doesn't want us to get closer to Christ. He wants us to lead our life, ignoring of everything that God wants to do in our lives. Whereas the Holy Spirit wants us to connect with what God has planned for our lives in order to bring about everything that God planned. Once our thinking is changed, our behavior follows. Somebody once said, if there's no change in your behavior, question your thinking. If someone says, for example, let me prove this. If somebody says, I believe in tithing, but the person doesn't tithe, then he doesn't really believe in it. He just lied. Why? Because you can't believe in something that you're not doing. When you really and truly believe in something, you do it. And that's how you can tell that that person believes in it. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you obey. The Spirit must also work from the inside out, breaking the hard heart that blinds and corrupts the, the mind. There's a Greek word that's metanoia. I'm sure some of you guys have come across it, which means change your mind. The Greek word for that, the translation into the English, is repentance. You see, all this that we've been talking about, about transforming our lives through the renewing of our mind, all it is is repentance. All it is is understanding that we need God and submitting ourselves to God and saying, God, take whatever I am. I need you. Show me the way because without you, I can't. Once you humble yourself and once you give yourself to God that way, you're giving open access to the Holy Spirit so he could come and he could start transforming you day after day, and you're going to start seeing that, man, if, if all you were exposed to were thoughts of pain, thoughts of suffering, once God gets involved in the process, 
and he starts renewing your mind, you're going to start seeing that the only thoughts that come to your mind are thoughts of greatness, thoughts of overcoming. You could still have that problem going on, and it's live and well, but you know you're connected now to God's way of thinking. And God is not surprised. There's, there's no situation that's too big for God. So if you think like God thinks, hey, guess what happens? Nothing could bring you down. You could be going through hell and above, but you're trusting that God is in control. You could be sick. You're trusting that God is your heater. You could have a money problem for a short while, but you know that God is your supplier. He supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, and that lets you rest in his presence. How many say amen? You could be going through a difficult situation in a relationship, in your marriage, with your kids and something, but you're holding on to God, and because you think how God thinks, you never think backwards. You think forward. You think God's going to get me out of this situation. God has my best interest in mind. God's going to take me out. I don't know how he's going to do it. And guess what? You don't need to know how. And he doesn't need to tell you how. You just need to trust that he will do it. He'll use whatever he has to. If he needs to use a donkey to speak, he'll use a donkey to speak. If he wants to use spit into the floor to heal you, he'll spit into the floor and heal like he healed the blind guy. But it's not... It's not the process. It's trusting God. Will you be willing to let go 100% completely to allow God to just transform me from the inside out? I want to share with you a story as I close. This is a true story. In 1952, a woman by the name of Florence Chadwick, she wanted to swim the entire California shoreline start to finish. She had already been the first woman to swim the English Channel. And once she began her journey across the ocean water, her fear got the best of her. She became scared of sharks. I don't blame her. She started fighting the fog, heavy fog that day. The water was very chilly. And she told the boat beside her that she wanted to quit. She had already been swimming for 15 hours. She was exhausted and ready to throw in the towel. And her mother tried to encourage her, telling her she was close but she panicked and Chadwick gave up. She later told a reporter, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. In reality, she was very close to the shore when she quit. She just couldn't see it because of the fog. And she later tried to do it again and she succeeded. But what do I want to tell you with this? Even in the fog, when we have a transformed mind, it means that we begin to start thinking like Jesus. And when we think like him, we know he is always with us, even if we can't see very far in front of us. In him, we realize that all things are possible. How many say amen? Can you stand on your feet tonight? Let me bring you back a little bit to the beginning of the sermon. And we talked about the title of it. And it was what? Shout it out loud with me. Come on. Revamped. And we say that revamped was, in my paper, verbatim. Revamped is an act of giving a new and improved form, structure, or appearance, or all of the above, in God's case, to something or someone. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation you're in. That's probably got the best of you. Maybe you haven't smiled in a long time. Or maybe you haven't been yourself lately for whatever reason. 
Maybe something has got you thinking backwards, remembering the good old times. And God's here to tell you, you know what? You, you don't even know what I can do if you just lay your life down to me. If you trust me as your Savior and if you allow me to change the way you think. Because if you could see what I see, if you could think how I think, if you could feel how I feel, then your life will never be the same. God is getting ready. I'm here speaking this prophetically into your life. I don't know who you are, but receive this in Jesus' name. God is speaking prophetically that in the next couple of weeks and in the next couple of months, he's going to just do such change that you never even dreamed about. You know, I, I see in my spirit a lot of people that have been ecstatic for a long time. You've been, you've been at the same level for, for years, maybe some of you guys for decades, and, and, and you've, you, you've aspired. You know that there's something greater. God wants to use you in a better way. You, you know that you were meant to bust out of that, that level that you're in, and God's getting ready to revamp you. He's getting ready to bust you out of that cycle. He's getting ready to show you thoughts and show you dreams that you never thought that you'd ever accomplish. He's going to start making all those things possible. But in order to do that, the first and most important thing is surrender your life to Christ. Surrender your life to Christ. And we you can't get verse 2 without verse 1. Verse 1 says, present yourself as a living sacrifice because this is the true proper worship this is our reasonable service considering considering god's immense mercy let us all present our lives as living sacrifices you see it is not until you die to yourself that christ's life starts surging from within you a lot of people want god give me your life okay. you're too alive yourself god's waiting for you to turn your life over to him just like a seed. And time and time again, Jesus taught this. He said that unless the seed falls into the ground or into the soil and dies, then when that happens, a tree comes about with many fruits and it multiplies and greatness comes out of something so little. And just like a seed, God is just waiting for people to invest their lives and trust God, that God knows better, that God can where you can't, that God can do things where you think that there's no possible way that he can do things. God's just waiting for you to trust him. I want to do a calling today for all those that want to come into the altar and say, God, I, I need you. I need you. Change me. Maybe, maybe I myself have been what's been keeping this process from going. I've held up this process of, you know, being transformed because my pride or because I tried to do things on my own. Arrogance and pride is, is what gets in the way sometimes of us being transformed by God through the renewing of our minds. But once you let go and let God and, and surrender all, God starts taking over. And you're going to start seeing in the next couple of weeks and in the next couple of months how your thoughts are just going to change completely as you seek God. And you're going to start seeing that the fruit of the Spirit that we just, we just started reading a little while ago that talked about joy and peace. You're going to start seeing how day after day that's going to start being evident in your life. It's not going to be something that we just, oh no, we just come here to church just because, you know, we just want to read the Bible and be good people and, 
and you know we say we're happy but we really got a whole bunch of stuff going on in our lives no 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 no. this is true and when you give God a chance he abides by his word and he abides by his promise I want to call anybody here that would like to turn their over turn over their lives to Christ and you want to come over and see and, and say God I want to give you a chance I want to let you into my heart. If that's you, I want you to come up here because I want to, I want to pray for you. Praise God. Watch your step. I want to pray for you. If, that's, if you feel God tugging at your heart, if you feel you've, you've struggled with God, you say, you thought you got it all figured out. You've you struggled and you've done everything you can to keep God out. And God being the gentleman that he is, he stays out there. He's just waiting for that moment where you finally say, you know, God, I surrender. I surrender myself to you. And when you make that decision, he's ready to come, embrace you, renew you, transform you, and say, this is what you've been missing all this time. Look at what I'm seeing. And he opens your eyes, and all you see is blessing, greatness, direction, reconciliation, healing, prosperity. Is there anybody else that wants to come close and wants to let God come into your heart and just restore and renew? Anybody that wants to bring their burdens or their problems today? I believe in a God that, want, that works miracles. I believe in a God that works wonders. The same power that he had, that Jesus had, that you read about in the Gospels, is the same power that's available for you here today if you could just believe. And if you have any need, I want you to come here in faith that God is going to heal and that God's going to restore and that God's going to respond, whatever the case may be. If you don't have faith that God can answer today, then stay back there. But if you have a need, man, don't stay back there. Just come here. Do an act of faith. Do your part watch God surprise you. Amen. Praise God. All right, church, can you guys extend your arms over here to these amazing people? Father God, we thank you for their lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this process that even though we're sinners, even though we're people that make mistakes, God, your mercies renew every single day and you never give up on us. You're always there waiting and knocking at the door of our hearts, waiting for us to open and God, I believe that every single one here is making a firm decision of opening their hearts to you so that you can transform their lives, God. And I pray, God, that from this day on, that their transformation would not be some, something superficial. I believe that your Holy Spirit right now is renewing their minds, is renewing their lives. I believe that your Holy Spirit, God, is at work in their lives. And I declare, God, that every negative pattern, God, of thinking, every negative thing that they've lived through God in Jesus name now starting to be renewed by the power of your Holy Spirit I declare your grace over their lives I speak life I speak joy I speak peace into them God by the power of Jesus name Holy Spirit take control